Welcome back to Security Asia Podcast. My name is Ron Efron, and today I'm joined with two of my colleagues, Leo Lo, who is based in Beijing, and Avichai Seri, who has just arrived in Singapore. And today we'll be talking about some of the highlights for 2021, what we've seen during this year, and discuss some of the trends. So welcome to the show, guys. Are you ready to start? Sure. Yeah. Okay, great. So this is a crazy year for us. We're, we're coming into the second end of the second year of um, living with COVID and dealing with that. And a lot has been happening. So even with COVID and all that that entails, the security industry has actually been developing a lot. There's been a lot going on and everybody's been really busy and on all aspects. So that was, I found that very interesting. So why don't we start with Avihai? Um, tell me, Avihai. What are some of your main highlights for the year that you've observed? Yeah, so I would say that one of the uh, biggest uh, points that we've seen through 2021 is basically the awareness of different companies understanding the value of cloud-based security and understanding that this type of solution is secure and is a valid approach to use when you're setting up your security systems. Uh, we've been seeing in the last year how basically it's being used in a different type of, let's say, uh, smaller to medium or uh, smaller sites that are in a big variety of locations. Uh, and we're going to see that only growing and moving on. You're saying that there's a, an increase in confidence levels? People, uh, decision makers are feeling more comfortable with using cloud-based security systems? So yeah, if you're able to use your financial systems or sales systems with confidential data on uh, software as a service type of solutions like Salesforce and others, then um, there shouldn't be a real reason why not to use your security, uh, especially that uh, security vendors these days have all the certificates behind them and they go through all the auditing processes uh, needed to just like give that assurance that their quality and data protection is very high. Great. And Leo, do you see the same thing from uh, your point of view? Yes, I do. Um, I, from the supplier point of view, I see almost all these big players start to build up or carry on their existing cloud-based uh, product line. And we also see some major acquisition in the market that the, the big labels, if I may, they acquired some cloud-based OEM that uh, actually we, we work with those brands uh, already. But we can see some acquisition. It shows like pretty much from the market players, they all see the importance of having a cloud-based solution. Also, they build in AI on top of those solutions, by the way. So, so they see this is a future. So it proved uh, like a, when we talk about this two years ago, a year ago, this is actually not going to happen. This has already happened. Yeah, that's right. And interestingly, you know, this there's been earlier adoption in North America and in Asia it seems to be a little bit lagging. But we've also seen in the last year more deployment of cloud-based solutions in Asia as well. So that's definitely the direction of the future. And but what about the enterprise level? Are we seeing more enterprise level companies looking at cloud or evaluating cloud or are thinking about that in any way? I think they do. I think they do. Uh, we got more and more inquiry. Like people come to us, ask for more questions, like what we want to, if what if we want to do this or do that, uh, give me all the options. Of course, a cloud-based solution is always one of those options. And so people is going to, uh, going through the process 
of digesting. They, they try to understand what's the pro and cons. I have a client uh, in Beijing that uh, pretty much the, the IT director is saying the last server in my facility at this moment is actually security related. All his business related operations, all those applications are already on the cloud. So, so his plan is, yeah, his plan is actually in future one or two years, get rid of this final physical server in, uh, in his facility, right. which actually is his approach, right? Based on his business. But uh, yeah, clearly people are asking more. Uh, we see more and more uh, questions around that. And again, uh, I think some of the questions are also from the corporate world, uh, also around uh, AI. How can machine learning, how can big data, how can those um, AI things help them to improve their efficiency? Uh, another client in Beijing this year engaged uh, to, to make their security system smarter. They are trying to uh, bring some features to their existing CCTV systems so the cameras and, and the servers can pick up uh, sensitive topics or objectives or actually personnel on the first uh, time they show up in the facility. So, so we also see this trend is, is getting more and more popular. So no longer security is individual, no longer security is isolated from others. We see more and more integration uh, around security. Right. And I think that also one point, if I could add on, on that, is that if you're, if you're talking about uh, the movement to the cloud, one of the things that um, also the, the companies, the vendors that create these technologies use is, is a, let's say, a path that supports enterprises to feel comfortable that there any changes that they need to do on their uh, setup will be taking them towards that direction. So, for example, if now they're planning to upgrade their uh, readers on sites, then those readers would be support and compatibility-wise uh, towards cloud-based technologies that they want to move as their direction. And basically, as Leo mentioned, to enjoy that added value of what we call AI and um, and machine learning, basically, uh, to have that eventually on your site, not from day one, but to grow towards that. Yeah, totally. Now, I would make a prediction, actually, that Within five years, there will be no longer any on-premise uh, systems available. In the same fashion, back in say 2005 or 2006 or so, when companies are evaluating trans transitioning from analog video to digital or IT-based video, we'll probably see the same sort of transition. So companies uh, need to plan for that and get ready for that. You know, another highlight from the year, from my point of view, was the fact that in China. China implemented a new cyber and data protection law, and it just came into effect, I believe, in October. But companies already asked themselves how they can best comply with that. And it is interesting because it does tie into the whole cloud issue as well, like where the data is stored, how it's protected. And so that's, that's an unknown um, factor, but uh, it is a trend going on here and something that these companies that have operations in China will have to deal with. Information protection is definitely get uh, very uh, get onto the the top of the topics in 2021 from our industry and other industries. Uh, we see some real examples like uh, like a DD, the online taxi uh, taxi uh, operation company. Actually, they gave up their plan to be listed in US because they actually delisted. They were listed and delisted. Right. 
right? And now they are thinking of putting, uh, get listed again uh, in Hong Kong. Right. So it shows that, like, uh, again, information security, information management and protection, uh, it, it really matters to not only security industry, uh, to, to other in- industries, where you store your client's information, how you handle those, uh, what's the process. Uh, it's getting more and more critical. We are getting questions from international companies that are operating in China about this issue, right? How to design their database in a way that they are compliant with this law. Right. And internal and external compliance needs are there. We also were, we were requested actually to help some client to review the whole cyber-related risks and how you, how you manage, manage those risks. But, but so far, we try to limit the scope to physical security systems. So not only we want to know how many devices they have, uh, what kind of a, a network uh, infrastructure do they have, we also want to know the personnel who is putting their fingers onto those systems. Uh, who are they? What's the process? When was their last login? What did they do in the past one month? And also the whole process, again, how you manage your uh, sensitive information, how you protect your server, what kind of application is running on the same server or on, on, your, on your workstations. So that part, again, we don't want to dive into the cybersecurity, but the cybersecurity, cyber risks related to physical security systems, uh, we, we do re- got more and more requests on those as well. Avichai, I'm sure you have something yeah. to say about this. Yeah. Right? So I think, I think that um, what's a very interesting point here is that uh, basically cybersecurity, let's say in specific departments, has been a black hole for, for a few years, meaning people didn't know a lot uh, how to engage any conversation around cybersecurity. That was one of the first barriers that we saw in the in the market. And that's something that the market has been learning and educated. And today, when you have conversations, if it's with security departments, like the facility security departments, or if it's with managers in different levels, everyone knows now how to speak and bring up those risks that are called the cyber risks. If you take a look at what we've seen the last year, especially with uh, COVID and working remotely and all that, we see more and more attacks or attempts to attack uh, different uh, companies, organizations by doing all these like attacks that are targeting individuals. And if it's their uh, software, so their operating system malware, if it's uh, ransomware, if it's all these um different attacks that we also have posted on on our website, uh, different uh, podcasts and information about that. But basically, uh, there's a, a wide range of new risks that are coming in place. And I think that if, uh, if you take a look at in the last 10 years, where, for example, uh, disaster recovery plans would be talking about if there's any type of, let's say, fire on a facility, how do you move that facility in all levels to different facility to continue the business? Um, now we were talking about those threats such as fire in the same level of severity that's cyber right now, right? So, so the cyber is something that um, is, is there, it's waiting, uh, just like any natural uh, cause. And everyone needs to be aware of how to prepare their contingency plans and not to damage the, their organization by each department having their systems in place with vulnerabilities. So not only that it's like the uh, security, like software security or cybersecurity department's responsibility, 
but it's um, the security facility security responsibility to manage their personnel, to manage their systems, the perimeter, and uh, and things that also uh, Leo has been mentioned uh, a minute ago. So like, there's a lot going on around that part. And I would say that this year, one of the biggest things that happened is that the conversation is something that there's much more maturity around it and other individuals could talk about it. Now in 2021, there was also a lot of technical developments. We're seeing a lot of newer companies, smaller companies with some interesting technology and even all of the traditional larger uh, manufacturers, technical houses are also working on new technologies. So I'm interested in hearing from both of you any highlights of the year in terms of new, interesting technology developments that you've seen? Yeah, sure. So uh, basically, I would say that one one of the one of the key uh, aspects is that uh, if let's say uh, 2020 was like the beginning of of the pandemic, right, and uh, and there was like right away some solutions that came up. Right now, in in the last year, we've seen uh, much more maturity around it where basically companies are creating as part of their portfolio services that allow you through the security systems to basically uh, set up a secure COVID facility in ways that maintain the standard that comes from the government or from the health department and basically uh, allows you to like basically inspect different uh, fevers or social distancing, mask wearing, different analytics such as that. And um, that's something that we've seen right now, or to be able to even trace back if, let's say, there was some kind of infection in your facility, how could you trace back who has been infected, any visitors that come in? Uh, so basically, a wide range of different solutions that are more geared towards the health assurance of that environment, because companies are complied to that these days. And that's not going anywhere, right? That's going that's just going to grow, especially with this new variant and everything that's going on right now. That's going to be part of any security solution portfolio. They'll have to give uh, solutions for that. So I think that's one one point that's pretty interesting about about what what's been going on. And um, and the second one is is how do you create a better experience for the end user, right? So uh, in the end of the day, we have users that are working remotely. We have users that go to different facilities that are communicating with different departments. And when they need access and to be able to uh, basically go in if needed or or communicate on different channels, how do you create that identity-based approach? And what are the methods to really verify that that's the right identity? And I think that that's um, that on the IT side, information system side, there has been a lot of developments in the last few years but right now, the security is also coming in place and saying, I'm also part of that. I, I'm also able to identify and to make sure that this identity is, is right to consume these specific services. From my end, I see more and more clients are requesting touchless solutions. They no longer want to put their finger onto a small machine and read their fingerprint uh, because of the pandemic, uh, also for, for convenience reasons, like Abihai just mentioned, the experience part. So lately, we see a lot of technology are, are working around that, uh, say, mobile security, use your mobile apps to open the door. Uh, some, of, some of those can be just face scan uh, to, to open the door. So some of the existing bell readers are going to be replaced 
by those remote readers or or mobile readers. So that's that's what I can see as well. That's very interesting. From my end, there's two parts that come to mind. One is this whole concept of an app store for security, something that Avichai was involved in this year. And there's a whole ecosystem around where you can buy specific, very niche type of functions through an app purchase and use them for as long as you want or stop using them and you pay as you go kind of concept. So it's really bringing the app store concept to security, which I think is going to give a lot of new features and functions and convenience to end users. The second thing I'd like to bring up, it's more of a concern really, where it seems like the world and China is somewhat separated and sometimes where because of the sort of political environment and some of the the way things are being treated, is that it seems like there's like a dual path here where some technologies are being involved in China that are maybe more specific for the China market. And then you have the, at the global level, there's some, some evolution of, pro, of products and, and technology as well. And I'm not sure where that's going to lead in the future, but I found that an interesting sort of observation. Yeah, I, th- I think that that's uh, something that we will still uh, see as uh, open and um, it's really market-based. So I think that on, on that point specifically is that you need to know how to cater uh, specific countries and specific needs. And with, with COVID happening, I think that that even creates more uniqueness. Like if you take the US, for example, where you have in each state different uh, regulations and restrictions. So like, of course, that between countries, there are different uh, methods and ways to assure their security and health uh, that come together these days in different matters. So I just traveled to Singapore in the last few days and and going through different airports, you just see how each one has their different approach, right? And and you could see that that's in a small way, but uh, obviously different companies that they need to maintain their uh, operations and everyone being secure around them, they have different approaches for that as well. Okay. And uh, before we wrap this up, anything you would like to talk about for the future? Any predictions for 2022? Uh, yeah, sure. I think that um, I think that we're going to see a lot of uh, movement of the cloud-based solutions going towards enterprise-based uh, capabilities. Meaning, if one of the things that always came up as you go and you try and push the limits when you're talking about different video uh, cloud-based video solutions or access control cloud solutions if it's the cost if it's the performance if it's the basically integrating everything into one like having the cameras and the video the cameras and the access and print uh visitor managements or different iot systems basically having them all integrated and talking to each other the cloud all the vendors that are providing cloud-based solution are going to move more towards that and give you those abilities to have that from day one. I think that that's going to be a great advantage. Like companies these days spend so much time, money, effort, documentation, and changes that have all these implications um, just to create that kind of uh, efficiency in their facility where now they could just plug and play pretty much and, and they'll get that. So having that is, is the foundation uh, for enterprises, I believe, next year. And then on top of that, we'll be uh, having more data, data-driven data security, right? So like, how are you able to ignore for a second? There's no more hardware issues. There's no more software issues. Now it's about creating insight from all of those layers and really using that. And I think that that's something that 
companies been doing one way or another, but this is going to be a whole new level. This is going to be a level where the security integrators, and if we're talking about the challenge of what the security integrators do when there's a cloud-based solution that's just a plug and play pretty much, um, is that they need to be performing more around the data-driven security, around the ability to take different IoT component sensors and connecting them to act as one uh, unit with the security. And eventually on top of all that, to be able to have like wrapping it all up with a cyber, solid cybersecurity standard that's being maintained and checked up uh, occasionally in different ways, if it's penetration testing, if it's validation of passwords and many more aspects, just to make sure that uh, it's all set in place and able to perform in the best way. 2022, the year that the ISIS, security ISIS, being more proactive and reach out to other systems, to other users, to other functions, try to integrate, try to at, at least learn from them. If you can just do installation, if you can just handle the hardware, that's clearly not good anymore. Yeah, these are all good things. And it'll be interesting to see how COVID um, impacts all this next year as well. But we definitely will see a lot of technical developments next year, uh, more focused around the cloud and probably a lot more demand from end users, including enterprise end users as well. Okay, guys, that was great. I wish I was able to see you in person and face-to-face for the new year, but that's not going to happen, unfortunately, this year. So in the meantime, thank you again for coming to the show and wishing you a great new year and um, a successful year to come. Thank you. Thank you, Ron. Happy New Year to you all. Happy New Year.